Play the fucking intro. It's Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkass. Thank you for joining us for episode 248, where we have an interview on this episode. Yep. Episode 248, the return of the interviews. That's right. And we're going to have a few in a row. We lined up a few, uh, a lot of great ones, uh, some fun news, and just some great things that you will hear on the next few episodes. So if you oh, like yeah. the interviews, definitely tune in on this episode, later in the episode. Uh, we'll have an interview with the band Tijuana Sweetheart. We'll talk more about that as it gets later in the show. But now you know. Stay tuned. A uh, new track from Tijuana Sweetheart plus some other music from them. We're going to talk about their show. Uh, I did this interview with them just a couple weeks back, and it was uh, like a couple days before they found out they had to postpone their show, which would have been this last weekend, and we would have posted this interview a couple weeks ago. But now that their new split with Razors and the Knights out, we're going to do the interview here. So we'll talk more about the interview as it gets closer to that part. Let's get into some new stuff, and then we'll get into playing some new music. So some new stuff that has come out recently. We'll start back on January 14th. The Hope Conspiracy released Death Knows Your Name. It's a deluxe reissue. Alarm Signal put out Aesthetic de Viderstans. On the 14th, The Drowns put out Know Who You Are, a single. I believe that's a two-track single. Boogie Hammer put out Power. It's an EP. Bad Co. Project. Love Bad Company Project. Uh, They put out a new single called Berlin on the 14th. Booze and Glory put out a new single called Raising the Roof on the 14th. Charger put out a new single called Rolling Through the Night. They have a new full-length coming out in March. Diamonds and Guns put out a new single. It's called Singing Songs from Hell. And like I said, that's a single. Also on the 14th, another single from You Vandal on Jumpstart Records. It is Hold for Applause. Then on the 15th, Tolt Shock put out Retrospective 1999 through 2003. That's on UVPR. Uh, The Serial Killers put out Snap, Crackle, Pop, Punk on the 15th. Confront Stage put out The Law in Your Head, which is a single. We played that last week. On the 15th, International Overdose put out Lost. It was an EP. On the 18th, Zanzara put out La Testa Basata. Basata. It's an EP. I think it was a two-track EP. That was a good one. RPG Siete, they put out Quattro. That's a full length. And they put that out on the 18th. That's a good one. Attention, a Wiretap Records charity compilation, which is put out on Wiretap Records. That came out on the 18th. So if you like compilations, you like the music that Wiretap Records put out, well, go do it. Go buy it. It's uh, over on Bandcamp, as most of these releases are, because it is for charity. Yeah. And then Internal Affairs put out No Way Out on Safe Inside Records on the 20th. Sorted Scoundrels put out Cause and Solution on Grimace Records on the 20th. Fast Eddie put out Take a Look on the 21st. Strum 101 put out Blind Spot, which is a single. Uh, uh, yep, yeah, 21st. Also on the 21st, Rock or Punk Rock Val 21. That came out on Slovensky Punk Rock Portal. That is another compilation. Also on the 21st, Billy Talent put out Crisis of Faith. Tune in 
shortly for more on that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Existence put out a two-track single called Point of No Return, and that was on the 21st. On the 22nd, Razors in the Night, Tijuana Sweetheart, they put out a split. was just talking about that a few moments ago, and we'll talk more about that during right around the interview. Yep. It's a song that you will not expect. Right? <laughs> on the 22nd, Trashed Again, they put out Scars on show. I love that band out of Australia. That's an EP. I listened to it twice already today because today's when I found out it came out. It's awesome. The Crash Landings put out Riot Songs. That is only in a hard copy version. They're based out of the UK, so you're going to have to order it from them. Digitally, they're going to be releasing it in the spring, it sounds like. So if you want to hear it... Uh, then you're going to have to follow the crash landings and order it from them. Also on the 22nd, Sir Reg put out Open the Pubs, which is a single. On the 23rd, Mitch Kramer put out Grand Avenue. It's an EP. It's on Die Hipster Records, and that is the name of the band, not the name of a person in the band, just so you know. (laughs) On the 27th, Original Sun, they put out Parasite, and that's a single. Their LP Currents is coming. Uh, that is coming out 27th, which I said came out. It's coming out because the 27th is in the future. Kirkby Kiss is going to be putting out It's Gonna Cost You on the 27th. Gloves Off is putting out Life and Everything After on the 28th. Schism is putting out Capital Lies on Rotten Bastard Records on the 28th. We played something off of that last week. Bruise Brothers, is put, or they put out 21 offers you can't refuse. They will be on the 28th, and that's on Upstate Records, just like the Gloves Off release. Finally, on the 28th, Wolf Sklinge is putting out Halib 8, which is a single. Uh, the first week of February, you will see the Warriors putting out One for All on Street Heart Records. Dogs in the Fight will be releasing Freedom at Gunpoint. A Handful of Punk and Oi Volume 2, which is a five-way split, is coming out on Sunny Bastard Records on the 2nd. The Monsters will be releasing Doyesh Class Ig B Trash on the 4th. My nice. (laughs) (laughs) Divided Heaven will be releasing Oblivion on the 4th. Field Day will be releasing Why, which is an EP. And I said it that way because it comes with a question mark. On the twenty or on the fourth, Guitar Gangsters will be, re- be releasing Fortune Favors the Brave. Orphan Riot will be putting out a release. I either deleted the name of the album or I don't have the name of the album yet, but Orphan Riot should be putting out something on the fourth. And finally, on Pirates Press Records on the fourth, Sweat will be putting out Gotta Give It Up. Eric, I had a long ass list. What do you have to add to that list? Well, well, yeah, the only other thing I have to add to that is the new Comeback Kid record, which came out on the 21st. Okay. And, yeah, that is the album Heavy Steps. I have been jamming it a lot today. And, well, let's just say one of their songs is going to be on my list of new songs next week. Awesome. <laughs> to find out which one, tune in. Uh, but, yeah, Heavy Steps, great album, great <clears throat> uh, kind of a reignition of the original Comeback Kid sound. I will talk more about that uh, next week, but this week I have a song from an album that also came out the 21st, and that is the lovely, the talented, the Canadian Billy Talent. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, from uh, Streetsville, Ontario. They have just released their newest album, Crisis of Faith, and yeah, Crisis of Faith, it's got that classic... uh, it's got that classic Billy Talent wonkiness, kind of the artsy punk rock, and just uh, a lot of wiggly rhythms and a lot of 
just a lot of weirdness, but not, <laughs> but not too weird. Not feeling like it's a way too avant garde. Like if you, uh, if you don't get it, then you shouldn't be listening to it. Nah, these guys are fun. They like to bring you in. It's like, hey, get ready for some weird times. It's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. The more <laughs> I think about it, anyway. So yeah, they are a bit of a granted a bit of an acquired taste. And when I heard them, I was like, yeah, you know. Maybe five years ago, I would have not been so privy to this band, but now I'm getting their uh, I'm getting their appeal, and this was in part to uh, uh, the drummer of the band I'm in, Heart of Dark, uh, Ben. He is he is equal parts prog nerd and pop punk nerd, <laughs> and I'm talking old '90s style pop punk, so kind of skate punk, the Alkaline Trio, and all their carbon copies. So Billy Talent was just like right in his alley because they're kind of in the same, they kind of work the same fields okay. in their own way. And he sent everybody in the band chant a YouTube, a YouTube video for their single. And this is the single called Judged. They're like, have you heard this new song? Give it a listen. I'm like, okay, I gave it a listen. And yeah, this one is actually very aggressive by Billy Talent standards. It's it's fast. It's punchy. It's got some... Uh, it, it chants a lot. So I have nothing bad to say about this one. What, let's see what you think about it. Judge it for yourselves, everybody. Goddamn motherfucker with it all So yeah, if you are familiar with uh, the the sonic output of Billy Talent, this is something a little, uh, I don't want to say too different, but a little out of the norm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is them, uh, this is about as hardcore as Billy Talent gets. And, well, if you haven't been listening for, uh, for the past, uh, I don't know how many hundred episodes I've been on here, <laughs> you kind of know what I... My taste leans a little toward that which is heavy. Right. So, of course, I really like this song. <laughs> but on top of that, yes, Billy Talent, emphasis on talent. These guys really know how to work their instruments. They know how to get everybody in and out. And just feeling a little satisfied? <laughs> 
And yeah, I mean it in that way. <laughs> For also, what's kind of fun, they feel like a little, uh, a little smoother, a uh, smooth version of the Bronx. Okay. Because uh, really, in the guitar tone and uh, and the vocal inflections and enunciations, they are very similar. And and yeah, we heard the Bronx. We know how uh, how skitty wampus their music can be, <laughs> but still very. Uh, but still very cohesive. It is rooted in, I, I don't know what exactly they're rooted in because it's coming from different parts of punk and metal, likely. Billy Talon, you hear it more like, a, com- you hear it coming from punk, but like I said, you hear it coming from more progressive nature, I feel. But they are like two sides of the same coin, I feel like. So Billy Talon and the Bronx, I could see them being in the same camp. Okay. So... Yeah, that was my kind of abridged uh, lesson on the genre-defying, yet defining music of Billy Talent. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> well, I got a couple new tracks here. Uh, some bands that reached out, checked out their music, and now we're going to play uh, some tracks off their new releases, so you can check it out. First, the band Remark from Quebec City in Quebec. Back-to-back Canada bands. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I want to thank Richard for reaching out, sharing the the music. We have Remark. The album is called The New Era. They released this November 26th of 2021, so just a couple months ago, almost uh, about two two months ago. The Fall is the name of the track, so let's get into it. Let's check it out. Here we go with Remark and The Fall. Fall from Remark. They kind of have their own version of weird. <laughs> really, in the guy's vocals, it was just, it just sounded so, uh, it just sounded so like uh, the nerdy kid standing in front of his class giving an oral report on molecular biology. 
<laughs> I agree. The vocals definitely, they, they stand out. It's not, uh, you know, there's a lot of bands that will have similar sounds, right? I don't ever want to say anybody sounds just like somebody else because that's not really mm-hmm. true, especially if you really listen to it. But the vocals there are, are definitely stand out. Yeah. I'm just picturing the singer just having like a, uh, you know, Coke bottle glasses and an enormous schnoz. Maybe he's got his, uh, maybe he's got his pants up a little past his waist being held by suspenders. Got a little bow tie on. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's what the singer looks like, but if they do a video, there you go. That they got, you got to look for him. Yeah. Also hair parted down the middle (laughs) and a pocket protector. You got to have one of those. (laughs) That is Remark out of Quebec City. Go check out the new album, The New Era. Again, came out November 26th. Thank you, Richard. Now we're going to get on to a band from Potsdam in Germany. The band is Nox E or N-O-X. It's capital N, capital O, capital X, lowercase e. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's no dot X-E. No dot X-E? Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, no, XP. That's the file extension. <laughs> oh, yes. There you go. There's uh, that. So, Nox E or Nox. Nah, Nox can't be it. Nox E. Huh. And maybe it means something. And I bet if we spoke German, uh, it, it maybe that maybe it would have a you know quicker uh, recognition there for us. But I want to thank Claudia for uh, getting this on our radar, sharing it with us. A uh, quick description the band created. I think you can find this on their Bandcamp page. But they play a unique mix of punk, garage, surf, rock, and the what they call Riot Soul. Uh, it's straight from the catacombs. Underneath Prussian Disneyland, they've come to kill the undead Kaiser and kick off German bigotry. I'm not exactly sure what all of that means. But I wanted <laughs> to give that out there. That way you kind of have an idea of what you're about to get. Uh, a little history on the band. Their debut came out in 2019. This is their first 12-inch, uh, so the follow-up to their first release. It's called Finders Keepers. They put it out December 18th of 2021, so just a little over a month ago. Uh, the band evolves a unique guitar-driven musical and political statement by accumulating post-punk wave and noise with a good piece of garage vibe. I think I've given you a lot to kind of process there. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to listen to a track called Deadly Era. The last album from the band Remark was called The New Era. The song from Nox E, or N-O-X-E, is called <laughs> Deadly Era. Maybe that's what the E is, era. Could be. Now, I do got to say, though, when I first, at first glance, I, th- I looked at it, N-O-X in all capitals and E lowercase, I go... Wow, you somehow managed to misspell no effects. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but yeah, I can see that. I can see what you're looking at. All right, off of Finders Keepers, here is Deadly Era.
like quicksand, like quicksand, like quicksand, like quicksand. You don't get bothered. What the body misses you. No XE. It's a, I kind of said it like no effects. No, no XE? Noxy? Noxy? Noxy. <laughs> I wish I was pronouncing it better, but you, you got to hear the track Deadly Era. Did Deadly Era give you the. Did it fit into that description of the band? Oh, yes. Did. Oh, yes. Deadly Era did diddly did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it started off uh, very much on the uh, post-punk side, but yeah, after it kicked in, I'm starting to get where all the other, uh, all those little other ramifications were coming from. And yeah, I gotta say, it reminded me of, uh, it was like a harder version of uh, uh, the band The Fall. Specifically in the vocals, they reminded me much of their, uh, of their female vocalist. Um, but yeah, they also like The Fall, they have a bit of a weird kind of post-punky trajectory and but they're just uh the fall isn't as aggressive as it came out right here so i don't know what else to compare him to on that front but yeah really good stuff and really weird stuff we've been getting a little weird this episode so far <laughs> i've got some more post-punk coming up and uh, I, I really liked it and, and I, I picked that one because i thought it really showed off the band because, you know, it's a three-and-a-half-minute track, and almost the first half of the track was just the band playing. And then they had that build, and boom, right into the vocals. Yeah. So. It was a good one. Check out Finders Keepers. Again, they came out about a month ago. They were out of Germany. Uh, Potsdam, to be specific. Thank you again, Claudia. Check out that band. Eric, let's do some older, lesser-known stuff. What do you got? Oh, I got something that's going to bring it back to a state of normalcy. <laughs> this is just cut and dry, meat and potatoes, straightforward, straight-edge hardcore coming out of our own home state in Salt Lake City. I know what I said. It's, a, it's our hometown and our home state in Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake straight-edge SXE motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the band I have in question is Degeneration X. X, X, and their demo, which is simply called X Demo X, apostrophe 20, as it was released uh, a couple of marches ago on the 24th <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> yeah, not long after uh, Crow Killer released their debut album, Enslaved to One. So, kind of sucks that at least Salt Lake City Hardcore was on a bit of a high rise. And then that dreaded fucking plague just decided to shut everything down and just put a halt to everything. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. But fortunately, Degeneration XXX, they did survive. They did release their demo. And and in due time, a lot of the kids uh, grabbed onto it. A lot of them listened to it. And a lot of people enjoyed it. Me, I just barely started listening to it. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, you made it before the two-year mark. Yeah, I, I did. I made it before the two-year mark. But also, um, March 24th, 
I don't exactly remember that day. I don't remember a lot of days <laughs> in that time, in that specific month. That's true. Yeah. So I was in, uh, I was in recovery. I kind of had an excuse to not yes. be in, to not be uh, in the know of what was going on in Salt Lake Hardcore, other than nothing was happening. <laughs> oh God. No, I did finally get around to it. Um, yeah, funny that I mentioned uh, Crow Killer having released their album at that time. When a couple of months ago they did a belated album release party. Uh, Degeneration XXX opened up for them. And I was like, oh, so this is kind of their demo release party by extension. Of cool. course, it wasn't advertised as that, but still, kind of fun to think about. So that was the first time I actually heard them. Then I finally started, I finally sat down and listened to their EP. And yep, like I said, a lot of straightforward, just a metallic hardcore, just the stuff that was like Im- implemented with a lot of groove, a lot of... Uh, a lot of chuggy breakdowns and a lot of uh, the vocals just kind of take over when the guitars give way, start start uh, letting the feedback draw out, and then you just hear this call to arms, and then he yells the one line that everybody is waiting to just yell out into the audience, and boom, it all just goes to hell from there. So, yeah, <laughs> you kind of get an idea of, what's, uh, of what to expect. Yeah, They only have... Uh, well, technically four songs, but the first one, the first one, myspace.com slash go fuck yourself. It's just an intro. It doesn't really count. The only lyrics are just degeneration, motherfucker, something like that. So they have three full songs, and one of the three that I chose that I thought was the best representation of their music, as well as hardcore as a whole, Despondency. Let's give it a listen.
So there you are, some of the newest, heaviest straight edge music to come out of Salt Lake. So yeah, VOA of uh, Draven Fackrell, who, as far as I know, fronted one other straight edge band back in the day, and that was PXR, stood for Positive X Reinforcement. Okay. Yep. The guitarist of which was one Matt Lloyd, who is now drumming for Crow Killer. Oh. So, yeah, we're a very tight-knit community around here. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah, kind of kind of weird, but, hey, the music is good. The music is heavy. That's what the kids like nowadays. So, as long as they keep coming to shows, as long as they keep playing shows and keep releasing music, I'm a happy fucking guy. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that was uh, my take and kind of a last-minute one. Just uh, the week kind of got away from me. <laughs> but... Still a good choice, nonetheless. Dustin has something a little uh, easier on the ears. <laughs> Indeed I do. I, I told you I had some more post-punk coming up. I've got the band Joy Division. Uh, they're best known for the track Love Will Tear Us Apart. That was probably their biggest single that gets played mm -hmm. on like New Wave channels and 80s channels and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't even from their most famous album. Right. Mm -hmm. The one with the little... Uh, the little uh, seismograph waves on it. Exactly. <laughs> and this is just a, it's a cool band. Like, I was always familiar with that track because I listened to 80s New Wave in the 80s and my parents had that on the radio and shit like that. So I listened to a lot of that music. And I've known this band for a long time, but I knew that song from this band when I say that. If you're unfamiliar with Joy Division, they started as a band way back in 1976 in Salford in England after listening to bands like Sex Pistols and stuff, they decided to get together and form a band. Uh, there's more to it than that, and you can get more information to that in the same fashion I did. I watched the biographic movie called Control, which is a profile of Ian Curtis of Joy Division, and it you know definitely has a lot of information about the other band members and how everybody got together and such uh, through... The, that era, that 76 till, I think, uh, when did Ian Curtis, uh, unfortunately, he killed himself in 1980s when the band got together. So I think 79, 80 is unfortunately when Ian Curtis committed suicide at the age of 23. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that went along with it. He had seizures that uh, just were, you know, probably something he didn't want to deal with. Uh, family you know, home life, even at 23, those, those type of things. So watch the movie is my recommendation. It's called Control. I can't remember what streaming service I watched it, and I just watched it uh, a couple months ago. If you're familiar with Sam Riley, he plays Ian Curtis. Sam Riley's been in some other movies. Not about a movie review here. I'm going to get back to the band. Uh, when I was listening or watching the movie, though, so many of their songs, like, man, I really like the music. It's just Joy Division wasn't a band I really ever got into because in my mind, I kind of associated their music more with New Wave, and I just didn't come across them in that listening to New Wave type stuff. Mm. But they're very punk, or in this case, post-punk, as yeah. they're described as, and they are influenced by punk and considered to be uh, like one of the first post-punk type bands that were around. Oh, so. Yeah. Alongside with uh, helping to usher in the dark wave 
type right. stuff. Exactly. Like, and, uh, where would the cure be without Joy Division? We'll exactly. And there's so many bands that were influenced by this band, even though they had like a three to four year stint. They actually put quite a bit of music out, uh, all things considered. Uh, this is Transmission, the single. It, it was originally released mm. as a single, Transmission, in 1979. It happens to also be my favorite Joy Division song. <laughs> You're in the well, we're both in luck. I really like this one. They had so many other great ones that I came across in the movie, then going back and listening to a bunch of their other tracks. And I just really like this one. That's why I picked this. Of course, I wouldn't be picking Love Will Tear Us Apart again. I think that gets associated into new wave or dark wave type music. But this, I like. Let's see what you think. Eric, it's his favorite from Joy Division. So here we go. It's Transmission. <laughs>
Transmission. That was Joy Division. Oh, yeah. Oh, the lovely Ian Curtis. Did you watch much of them? So I watched some videos after, and I think that uh, the actor did a great job. And Ian Curtis, man, he was just like almost closed eyes, looking down, body not really moving a lot while he sang. I mean, at once, you know, parts would pick up like this, and he'd kind of get more into it, but really Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, he kind of has that monotone while in some parts of uh, the singing. And mm-hmm. that's his body really projects that monotone, meaning there's not a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like uh, he's not putting that on for show. That is him. Yeah. Oh, very introvert uh, type person. Absolutely. Yeah. This isn't like uh, how uh, how sort of the carbon copy bands are like putting it on for show. It's like, no, this was his life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the results unfortunately do speak for themselves because... Yeah, he hung himself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the legend goes, like, uh, he hung himself in his apartment while listening to the record The Idiot by Iggy Pop. And and when his, uh, I believe it was his wife who walked in, and she saw him hanging there, and the record was skipping. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... So, yeah, it's not exactly confirmed in the history books. And for all I know, it could be an urban legend. But I remember hearing that in, uh, uh, from my teacher who was teaching me, uh, it was teaching the rock and roll history course in, uh, in college when I was there. And he told that story. And I'm like, wow, holy hell. They like to think that the, that the minute that, uh, uh, that Ian Curtis, uh, ascended from this mortal plane, uh, that was the, that's what caused the record to skip wow. <laughs> like that moment. So I have, again, it's all speculation at that point. You can believe what you want to believe, but, and maybe I just want to believe it just for the, uh, the romanticism of, of such a, f- of such a well-revered fallen idol. Right. Well, he, uh, did do that. He did hang himself. The morning, or he was found the morning that they were supposed to leave on their first American tour. That's that. So, yep. So Ian Curtis never got to, never got to present himself to the states. Yep. No, no venues in the United States hosted Joy Division. But before we move on, because we're about to move on, talk about some live shows and such, and we do have our interview with Tijuana Sweetheart coming up. We're almost there. We're getting close. Uh, the band members, if you, I mean, you hear the music, they're very talented. They were very talented as Joy Division, and they moved on to form the band New Order, and we will talk more about New Order at the end of the show. Eric, let's talk about some live shows. You've seen a live show in the last week, and I've got a few shows to, to mention out there before we wrap this part of the show up, so why don't you tell us about what you saw? I saw the band Swarmer! <laughs> Awesome. Yes, Swarmer. They played at the uh, at the Aces High Saloon just this past uh, uh, just this Saturday, I believe it was the twenty second. Okay, twenty second was Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, yeah, they were playing with the band Violet Temper. Violet Temper. Yes, violet like the color Temper, okay. and and yeah, those guys were are an incredibly interesting band. They have a they are a three piece. Um, all of them do vocals at some point or other. 
there is a keyboardist and a drummer and a bass player. And that's the whole that's the whole band right there. And they are just they were just belting out some of the uh, uh, the darkest, doomiest type music, and it was it felt kind of relaxing. And then it just got really aggressive at some points, <laughs> and I was just I was just swaying back and forth, nodding my head. I'm dancing to the music. It was a it was some good stuff, really good stuff. I really like Violet Temper. I recommend them to to the fullest to to the fullest extent. If you're a fan of uh, if you're a fan of like uh, the hard proto punks type stuff and uh, even some of the re uh, the revival of that, think of uh, Death from Above 1979 or even some of the early Queens of the Stone Age type stuff. Yeah, you'll probably get you'll get somewhere in the in the realm of Violent Temper. Uh, the other band that I was that I was actually mainly there to see was. Swarmer. <laughs> yes, Swarmer. And, yep, those guys, this was my second time seeing them live. My first time seeing them as a four-piece because, oh, boy, at the risk of sounding, uh, <laughs> at the risk of that being as accurate as I want to be, I saw them as a three-piece at Crucial Fest back in uh, 2019. And by then, they were still a very new band. They had only released a single and were on the... Actually, I think they had just released their EP. Either they were about to at that point, or they had just done it. Either way, it was very fresh. And now they are now they have a release called "The Brutalist." I have played that song. I think it was the I think it was the title track on a a few episodes ago. So yeah, I and that was the infamous episode where I confused one of the members to being. A former member of Ditch in the Delta. <laughs> and upon seeing him uh, perform again this last Saturday, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't. I can see where I got them confused, but I definitely can't confuse, it now. confuse them now. Because their singer and guitarist looks like the singer and guitarist of Ditch in the Delta, Elliot Seacrest. So, and when I saw them at Crucial Fest, I was watching them from a distance, and I could have sworn, hey, is that Elliot up there? Huh, maybe it is. I'll be damned. So, yep, that's uh, that's my take on it. <laughs> Regardless, Swarmer still kicks ass. They are such a great band, and live, they are just absolutely, well, they're living up to the namesake of their album, The Brutalist. <laughs> yep, and uh, for the most part, the there wasn't a huge crowd there. Like, th- there was a decent turnout, but I'm like, it wasn't packed. It's not people just overflowing out the doors, anything like that. And... But some people got in and they started dancing and there was a bit of push pitting going on. I joined in and uh, I was there with my my friend and guitarist, Ethan. I kind of twisted his arm to come out to the show. Not very hard. He was at a wedding with his family and he was like, uh, yeah, I'm looking to get out of here. Hey, come to Aces and watch this metal show with me. Okay. <laughs> so we were uh, push pitting in there and uh, yeah, it was the it was the tamest sort of vanilla mosh pit going on, but you know, it's a it's a bar show. <laughs> <laughs> and if you listen to Swarber, it's not the most moshable of music. It's not it the speed doesn't doesn't grant the instigation of such a rigorous and violent pit. No, they're they're slower. They're closer to Black Sabbath, if anything. Okay. So it's really just the type of metal you just sit there and bang your head to. 
and cohesiveness with the beats, stuff like that. So yeah, not exactly a punk rock show by, eh, I guess by a stretch, and I mean a very big stretch, <laughs> it kind of is, but definitely more on the side of metal than punk. And regardless, was a good show. It was a great show. There was supposed to be another band on that bill, but they dropped off for some reason. And uh, yeah, there was another show there with, uh, I know with Suffocator, Tact, and Violent Unrest. And Violent Unrest dropped off of that show. Don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. Probably the same reason why, insert band named here, dropped off of the show I'm talking about. Probably true. I I don't know. Could be COVID. Could be a cold. Could be cold feet. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that was the show that I went to, and uh, yeah, it was a great time. Got a little turnt that night as well. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, loved it. <laughs> I got a few shows to mention. Uh, if you're in Houston this Saturday, the 29th, Trash Cantina Benefit Show for Christina Frost. The lineup will consist of Noogie, Broke Off, Fucka, Gen Y, Your Disorder, Reagan Era Rejects, Stupid Idiots, and Patterns. That'll be at the Triple Six HTX. I think the tickets that part of the flyers cut off, but it looks like probably twenty bucks. So go check that one out. Uh, we got in Wallingford, Connecticut, at Cherry Street Station this Saturday, the 29th for five bucks. It's twenty-one and older show. You'll get to see Freezing Process, Cry Havoc, friends of the show, Dennis Most, and the Instigators. So you can go check out those bands. Go check out Cry Havoc. It is their first show of 2022. Love the guys in Cry Havoc. So if you're there in Connecticut, go check that one out. On January 28th, Hardcore Unity, Madball, uh, Powerhouse, Rob Brigade, Death Before Dishonor, Payback, Risk. That's Friday the 28th, The Church in Philly. Uh, So check out those. Looks like The Take... And next up, Cancelled Secret Society. I'm not sure. I'm trying to read all the flyer. I apologize. Uh, That is what you'll get there in Philadelphia this coming week. So if you're anywhere near there, go check that one out. This show is the 12th. So, yeah, I think that's about all. Just so you know, though, uh, Fat Skins will be playing with Fear City, Strike First, Liberty and Justice, 21 Gun Salute, and Splatter Pattern in Tempe, Arizona. On Friday, February 11th, that's coming up. That's one you might want to travel to, especially when tickets are only 21 bucks. You get a band from California, a band from Houston, a band from Chicago, a band from Atlanta, plus the legendary Fat Skins all coming there. That's worth 20 bucks. That is worth traveling to. That's all I got to add for this show, though. Eric, you have anything else you want to add? Uh, just, a, just a couple. Or, uh, they are bar shows, I will say that. But on the 27th at the Metro, this is... Uh, I plugged this one last week. It's definitely more of a metal show with uh, some hardcore intricacies. And this is the band Cattle Decapitation with Last 10 Seconds of Life. And with Creeping Death and Extension AD, uh, Extinction AD, that would adhere more to the uh, hardcore community, I feel. Um, but also on the 29th and the 30th, the band Super Suckers will be in town with the... Uh, with there's with support from Scott H Byram who is a solo sort of a folk blues punk ac- acoustic or artist and also joining them will be Rod Gator they will be in Ogden 
on the 29th, which is this coming Saturday at the Funkin' Dive Bar, and they will be on the Metro the following evening, that being the 30th on Sunday. So, yep, that's all I got for uh, this week. There will there are definitely going to be more shows come February. So, so, yeah, don't worry. There's more coming. Just got to wait. Well, we're about to the interview, but before we get there, Eric's got a great cover-to-cover album on this episode. So, Eric, tell us about your great cover-to-cover album before we get to Tijuana Sweetheart. All right. This uh, album... This album I go back quite a ways with. It was one of the first, I'm talking to like within the first five punk rock albums I had ever heard. A bit of a weird thing. It's about if, as old as you. It's about as old as me. <laughs> I will say that. But here was this thing. In uh, middle school, if you were a child of the 80s, you probably remember the uh, art of tape trading. Well, we didn't exactly do tape trading. We did the 21st century version of that, which was burning CDs of albums that we loved and then trading them. I did that with this uh, classmate of mine, and we were trading a bunch of metal CDs and a bunch of uh, yeah, and a bunch of other rock and roll CDs. And there's a funny story with that, but I'll tell it later. <laughs> the uh, and he told me about this band called Anti Flag, and I was like. Ah, that name sounds pretty cool. What are they? He's like, I'll burn you a CD. So he burned me the CD, and I listened to it. I go, this isn't metal. What is this? This is punk. I kind of like this. (laughs) The CD in question was, you gotta die, gotta die, gotta die for your government. Die for your country, that shit. (laughs) Yeah, I was hooked from then on, and after uh, doing... Many a deep dive into Anti-Flag's chronology and discography. I was, I just found myself hooked with their music, with their messages, and just the, just the overall intelligence that was just being, that was just oozing out of all their lyrics. And having seen them live a dozen times, one of which was an acoustic show of just uh, Justin and Chris in uh, 11th Street Records at uh in Las Vegas. It was during it was a one-off show in a uh, punk rock bowling. Cool. They released that as a live album. I'm on it. You can uh, hear me in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, Anti-Flag, they remain top tier for me and uh learned how to play quite a few of their songs on the bass and Chris number 2. Holy hell, he's a crazy bassist. He's a Let's see, he's a contender with Matt Freeman, I believe. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Die for the Government is the album that I keep coming back to, I guess for nostalgic purposes, but also this was anti-flag at their most raw, their most visceral. They weren't exactly the most melodic or inviting bands around. They were still very much, uh, they were still into the underground scene. It wasn't until... Albums like The Terror State and them for Blood and Empire that they really blew up into the, uh, uh, really just the kind of uh, pop stars in terms of punk standards they are today. So yeah, Die for the Government, there is still quite a bit to, uh, there's still quite a bit to take from this one. Uh, God, out of the, what, 17 tracks that are on there, uh, the the title song is still a lot of fun to listen to. I still love You Do the Same. I love Drink Drink Punk. Davey destroyed the punk rock scene. Your daddy was a rich man. Daddy's fucking dead. Red, white, and brainwashed. Oh, man, they, it just goes on. And this one, they were a three-piece, too. Yep. With, uh, 
And this before they had Chris on there, they had Andy Flagg, and he was also taking the vocal charges on that. You can hear Justin, you know what Justin sounds like, but Andy is just so, oh, he's so raw, he's just so guttural. And some of these songs, you can tell, at least in the demos, or not the demos, the little, uh, I don't know, the little uh, talking bits or just the little teasers into the track, like the one that I'm... The one that I'm going to be playing right now, I'm being watched by the CIA. You can just tell he is drunk. <laughs> it's Either he is drunk or he's imitating a drunk. I don't know what what is what, but it's really funny either way. So here is one of my favorite songs from the album. I'm being watched by the CIA. <laughs> Unfortunately, ring true to this day. <laughs> Except we're not being watched, we're being listened to. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, they got very, they were very straightforward in their messages on there. They they didn't have a lot of ambiguity to them. They And they arguably still don't now. They've just more uh, dispersed and uh, went on to uh, different, uh, let's see different factions and foreign governments and how it's affecting the how it's affecting us back at home and how it's affecting the world you know wide pretty much uh, but yeah I kind of fell off of the wagon with anti-flag I mean I I'd still go back and listen to it obviously right now um, but yeah I have not really paid attention to any release they did post American Spring and American Spring itself was just uh, in one ear out the other. I still love the song Sky is Falling. That's a good one. 
<laughs> but yeah, there there hasn't been an album they released that I thought was solid front to back ever since, uh, honestly, The Terror State, which is probably my favorite of all anti-flag albums. But I will talk about that in our time. I had to get this one in just to kind of set the mood, so okay. to speak. And because, yeah, some of my favorite tracks do lie on this record, and one of which is the song I chose as the second one. Another song that unfortunately still rings true to this day. <laughs> and it has in the past, it has, yeah, in the past prior to the composition of this song, and as well as after. This is the song that is probably the most intense, uh, the most intense on this album, and most intense live. I can I can attest to that. It is fuck police brutality. aggressive <laughs> yeah yeah and it should be it's an aggressive reaction to an aggressive act oh boy and uh and yeah i just really love how that chorus comes in just like uh you have the you have the chant part on there but then there's a little tail at the end of it fuck police fuck police fuck police brutality <laughs> you know everybody's just uh everybody's just clamoring over each other to just get as close to the stage as they can to scream it in Justin's face. <laughs> yeah, I know. At least that's what I did. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the that's a taste of uh, anti-flag going all the way back to, what, what, what was it, 1996? Yeah. 
Yeah, they've been around since 1988, so they've been uh, forming, uh, kind of uh, forming their own sound for that time. And yeah, they found a niche that works for them, and they've they've continued on with it. So good for you guys. <laughs> this is where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up we have interview. Uh, the band is Tijuana Sweetheart. Like this band a lot. They just released a split with Razors in the Night. It came out January 22nd. Uh, we were talking about that. Two songs from each band. Uh, we're going to get into one of those songs from Tijuana Sweetheart. The other one was a re-recording of a previous track that they released, but they re-recorded it. If you're unfamiliar with the band, they were formerly known as Vagiant. And they are from Boston in Massachusetts. I want to thank Low Rec and Hellion for joining me for the interview. Uh, like I said, did this a couple weeks ago, right before, it was like just a couple days before they ended up having to reschedule. But it is rescheduled to show to May 28th at the Sonia again, because that's where it was originally scheduled, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The band formed back in 2005. I want to say their last release was in 2012. So it's been a few years since they've played. They're going to get together and play this show. I'm not going to give too much more away. I think I've discussed the things that will alter a little bit based on when the interview (laughs) was conducted. Because normally we do them within about a week. Uh, And in this case, we held off because the show got delayed and the tracks weren't quite ready. But now they're out. We're going to play a track. The show's rescheduled. We're going to listen to them doing a Turbo Negro cover of Good Head. It's a great track. We'll (laughs) let the interview do the rest of the talking. We're going to play this track now, followed by the interview, and then we'll play a couple other tracks from a couple of their previous releases from 2010 and 2012. Told you you weren't expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. It's Good Head.
Joining me now from Tijuana Sweetheart, The Hellion, and Lowrec. Thank you for joining us here on SLC Punkcast. Thank you so much for having us. This is awesome. Absolutely. We are really pumped about your show that you'll be doing. You have a show coming up here in a couple weeks, and we'll get to that. We'll kind of go a little bit more chronologically. Tell us about Tijuana Sweetheart. For anybody that hadn't heard of you previously, tell us about the band. What should we know? Where did you start? When did you start? Yeah, so we uh, were a Boston band. We started in 2005. Um, we used to play under the name Vagiant, but we later had a legal dispute over that name, and we were very broke, so we <laughs> lost that legal dispute. Or, you know, it depends on how you look at it, but we won in heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so we ended up changing our name to Tijuana Sweetheart, where we were um, an all-girl punk band. We've had a few different lineups over the years. Lorek and I have been the consistent members for the, the run of the band. So we played from like 2005 to 2012 was our last show. And then we all went off and like played in other things. And this is, this com- show coming up is is our, our first time playing together on stage in almost 10 years, mm-hmm. almost exactly. Yeah. It's a dual reunion show. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm, I was trying to think of, I'm sure Troy, Troy will remember, but I feel like the timing of their, they, they kept playing for a couple of years after we did, I think. Right. And so there's they a started little later bit less. And yeah. Later. Yeah. So there's just like a little bit less than 10 years, but we're just saying like, oh, the bands haven't played together for 10. Well, we haven't played together for 10 years. But, <laughs> um, so yeah, we got, and we have, so the original members are no, not even, in, they're both, no one's around. <laughs> Except for like the mid the middle lineup, two the two ladies still live here, uh-huh. but everyone else from the first and the last lineups moved away. So we we're kind of like, what? Who's gonna play? What are we gonna do? How are we gonna do this? Right when it you know when it came up, it just yeah I think it was Troy. Yeah. We were at a bar and he was like, would you ever do a reunion show? And I think like for years before that, I at least was like, no, I'm kind of done. I want to do other things. And then for some reason, I was like, yeah, totally. No, mm-hmm. I would love to do that. That sounds awesome. Um, and then we asked uh, the girls in the final lineup, one's in California, Carrie, and one's in Texas, that's Julie. And they, we were kind of surprised that they were like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we want to do it. So they're going to be flying out. It's going to be a, it's going to be a time. I mm-hmm. haven't played guitar on stage like at all. So yeah, yeah. Be awesome. That will be awesome. It sounds really great. Again, a dual reunion. How often do dual reunion shows where two bands that haven't played for a significant amount of time get together and play together for the first times at the same time. Yeah. And we, we toured with Razors. So yeah. they're like, they were always kind of like our brother yeah. band. And it just seems so right that because Lorek and I <laughs> were like particularly excited about um, making sure that they went after us. Cause I was like, I'm going to cry like the oh, whole yeah. time <laughs> they play because we were so like tied together as yeah. bands and we were always at each other's shows and they were so supportive of us and we are, we like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And so, some of us maybe are married to members of the other band. <laughs> I like them, even though you're married. Yeah, to I know. Even though that them. idiot that I live with. <laughs> well, you guys did a split together with Razors in the Night as well. What was what the date on there? 2009. So was that the last release? No, that so that okay. was still when we were wasn't that the giant Boston at that point? Maybe yes. the interim deal we had with we the, can talk about it. Right. But we there was a while where we were going yeah. by the giant Boston. And that happened to be <laughs> when we pressed that record. 
And then, um, no, then we, yeah, Tijuana Sweetheart did the full album after yes. that. Yeah, yeah. And there was, so there was one more full length after that as Tijuana Sweetheart. And that was it. So how many releases did you put out as the giant? And I'm only getting this out just so on Bandcamp, you can go get Tijuana Sweetheart music there, right? Is okay. there, is all of your music that you put out available on Bandcamp? Okay. Yeah, switch it all over to Tijuana Sweetheart. So you'll find it there. Some people might recognize the Vagiant name from um, Guitar Hero 2 and Rock Band because yeah. we went by that name when we were featured on those games. So that's always was kind of a bummer because we were like, okay, I don't even know if people know that, that we're the same band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and even how you look at it might be, it might be better because <laughs> we were not good then. <laughs> yeah. And that's always like the fun thing to point out is like when we started playing, we didn't like, we were so, so green. Like yeah. I put, picked up guitar to be in a band, <laughs> a little bit of playing uh, a, like a little bit before that, but like months, not years. Yeah. And then, so we were like, so excited that we could play like a cover so badly yeah and then like two months later like we had our first show and like a month after that we like put a record out like it was so fast and so that first record is like it has a lot of heart (laughs) that's about it and Mm -hmm. i and um and of course that's the one that like people tend to know the most of ours and i'm always like i can't i can't listen to it we're so we don't know what we're doing like at all yeah we can well i mean is this going to be a spoiler are we are we trying to talk about the the songs so what we so one of the we were going to do so like razors for their you know so we we did the split in the 2009 right and that was actually our tour like we put it out for a tour there's a whole debacle with like the production of it and we ended up like remember that that. yeah Yeah. (laughs) so we ended up but we ended up getting them but we got a whole bunch too late so we still have like like hundred over, but anyway so that was you know going to be our like our tour merch our like special limited edition tour merch and we did like we literally hand screened it ourselves with like numbered and everything so that was like a big deal and so so the, for this release we each were going to do two new songs and then release another seven inch and kind of have it be like a throwback to that but we we're like, yeah. Well, we can't play with our yeah, bandmates. The bandmates they live exactly. across the country. So it's not as easy for us to kind of like write new material. Yeah. So I, you know, we have this idea of like, you know, one of the things that I, like I, I'm always complaining about the, the song seven that was featured in rock band. So it tends to be the one that people know the most. And, and also just generally like around here, whenever people like remember our band, they're yeah. like, oh, I love that song seven. I'm like, I hate that yeah. song. <laughs> and like, I, I I like all the heart that went into it, but it's like, I hate how I sang it on the record. Like, oh, I, I yeah, everything is everything just about it so like, primitive. I mean, and bit, yeah. yeah, it just sounds like people who literally just started like learning yeah. instruments, like slightly more coherent than like the shags, yeah. you know, but like, <laughs> so I always complain about it. And then, you know, we had that idea of like, oh, what if we actually just re-recorded it and play it how we play it now, which is like much faster. Yeah. It's not that different. It's faster and less less affected on my part in terms of <laughs> yeah I'm less focused on being like this is how punk people yeah. sing right <laughs> so um so yeah so we're we're re-recording it we're in the process of re-recording it now we have uh drums and my guitars on there and then we're going to be doing the rest on Saturday yeah first I want to point out there are several bands that played during that window and that was probably the time that rock band and guitar hero were at its peak as far as popularity go and there's several bands that played at that time that didn't make it on there. So congratulations for getting tracks on there. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. I work there. So <laughs> it's not because we were good necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, but if you um, were bad, they wouldn't have put it on. 
right? right? I think someone yeah, I didn't have any you. power, right? So yeah. I just worked there. That, but yeah, but the way I think somebody you, liked it. Yeah, the way you mentioned it before was that you know it was we wanted to focus on local music. We wanted to promote bands that deserve to be promoted and yeah i mean the the studio really wanted to put local music out and also it was way cheaper yeah yeah <laughs> so i think they were like psyched to like yeah. oh some of our employees are in bands we'll put their bands on here yeah and i think i don't even think we were in a band for the first guitar hero and then i was like let's start one we can put our music in there yeah. probably yeah. <laughs> um, and you were right <laughs> yeah so it ended up like you know it worked out so well for us and like i'm just like really grateful for the timing and the right. happenstance of that and then, yeah, and then we're doing a cover of Good Head, the Turbo Negra song, um, because we used to play it on tour. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, we did we did an okay version of that. Let's yeah. bang it out. And it's super fun. It's so fun to play. Yeah. It is a weird one. Like, the more that I'm, like, listening to the, like, roughs and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is, like, one minute of verses and choruses. Yeah. And then, like, two minutes of, of guitar, guitar solo. solo. Yeah. And that's over. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, you, you said that you had a lot of this original split between the giant and razors in the night. Are you going to bring those to the, that show and try to sell them? Yeah. Now I kind of forget what the plan was. Like Troy, Troy actually came up with a pretty cool like marketing plan that was because oh, this is why, because the new seven inch, even if the tracks, the tracks will be done obviously, but the, you know, vinyl, you've probably heard that yeah. vinyl is insane right now and even like the place where we were going to go that's like our buddies and they would have given us like the friend deal we're like yeah you're not going to see these albums for six months minimum wow and we're like oh. and we, we reached out in like october thinking that was like oh that's plenty of time for january so we're like oh, okay so then maybe we get to figure out something else to do so we're like we'll still do it we'll have like a download card available and then troy after we had the conversation troy was looking through the attic and found a stack of those albums they just didn't have like the hand screen printed covers that we did and so he's like well let's just like create a new cover and it's like the redux version and then we just <laughs> that's like the it, you know merch in hand that people can have if they want right. to walk away with like something and then the download cards in it and then they'll get the vinyl when it, when it's actually done that's a great plan and it's awesome that you had those available to do because yeah. if you didn't that would be unfortunate you had the tracks ready to go but yeah, I know. Yeah, like you yeah. said, not something in hand. I was going to like koozies. That's like, <laughs> that's my go-to. I'm like, well, just put our logos on a koozie. Yeah, People love fine, koozies. Yeah. I've got a jar, like a, like a drawer full of koozies that I use all the time. And in fact, I'm yeah, using one right sweet. now. Yeah, yeah awesome. we would have, and we were supposed to record it earlier, but then of course we had like COVID oh, yeah. drama. Yeah. So it's coming in hot, but we're, yeah, we're super lucky. We're recording with um, Kyle Parody, who's been producing those two songs at New Alliance, and he's been really, really fast. Yeah. So we're going to still get it done in time, even though we're recording, finishing recording on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> like we should yep. have yeah. digital stuff for people to listen to, which I'm super psyched about. And that was the one the one thing that was kind of disappointing because we were like, and we played, we put in the press release, like we were going to all record at that studio and at the okay, same studio. Yeah, yeah. together, like yeah. we all going in on the same day. It was going to be so fun. We we're going to take photos and videos and everything. And then, of course, yeah, there's a couple of COVID cases and we couldn't all go in. So the boys still went in. We didn't. And we're, you know, make it up for it now. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's worked out like I'm really happy with how it's going. And yeah. like we, we ended up with the right exactly. engineer exactly. for us. Yeah. So it's great. That's good. And yeah, like COVID, keep seeing shows where, you know, bands are, we're going to tour, or even if they're local and they were going to play on a show, like putting up the new flyer canceled for them, but maybe the show's going on and other bands are playing. And that's always, you know, probably disheartening. You look at a flyer for a show 
and you want to see a band, and then when it's that's your band, and then the show goes on, of course you want to go support and see, and maybe there's other bands you would like to see, but it's such a pain for yes. everybody involved, the, the people that want to see, no bands want to say, hey, we don't want to go, or we're not going to play, but you have to, I, you know, you don't want to get other people sick, so I get all that, but man, is that a pain in the ass? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even fathom it being like an entire tour. Like, and there's bands who had tours planned like the beginning of last year or the beginning of this year. And we're like, oh, we'll reschedule for January, 2022 or like whatever the timing is like. And then it's like, oh no, it's worse now. Sorry. I mean, we did that. (laughs) Yeah. We're picking this show date because we were trying to be really conservative. We originally were thinking last summer. Yeah. And then we were like trying to be super conservative. And like, I might've been me. Like I was like, okay, let's push it all the way to January. Cause Troy was like, well, we want to make sure we're in the window where people are still like excited to go to shows again. There's a lot of energy. I was like, they'll still be, it'll still be good in January. That'll be safer. It'll be good. (laughs) No, that's the absolute fucking worst. Yeah. And then Omicron's like, ha ha. I know. Nice try. But we'll see what happens. And we know we have, we're really hopeful that we'll be through through the worst of it or who, you know, you you can't, you can't like plan anything. That's what the fun thing about COVID is like, you can't, even if when you think you understand it, making a plan just always turns out to get you in the ass yeah, and so it changes the next we're just kind of like going one day at a time yeah. and but it is hard like because we're both planners i was gonna say we're both like, like extremely so organized hard. people like you should we had a spreadsheet done like before we even booked the show and we were just talking about it i'm like i'm gonna start a spreadsheet and we're gonna put this in this Troy like made a visio yeah he did. like <laughs> printed it out charts yeah in and colors i'm pretty sure didn't like, you laminate it too like it was a big oh, i yeah, have it on color coded it's beautiful <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're kind of ridiculous and we got like and then you know super excited and then now it's it's kind of like oh but okay, we'll be, we're still being optimistic. Yeah. And whenever it happens, I'm, we're hoping it's going to be on this timeline mm-hmm. and it, if, and whatever, whenever it happens, it's going to be awesome. And there's going to be awesome people there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Even if we're playing to 10 people. And if we have to reschedule, then you have banter already ready to go for a, another episode in, in the spring or summer and if you have, need it. And then you'll have to come <laughs> up with a new Exactly. Like if, if, you, if you're not feeling good, it's like, <laughs> we'll just re-air this one, whatever. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, some like foley of like, oh, it's so warm. I love I know. June. I know. Wait, let me tell you. Why am I wearing this hoodie? Oh. It's summertime out right now. <laughs> I'm so like, COVID's over. And that guy, that, that, guy thing. that thing happened. Yeah. He became the king. <laughs> no one was expecting it. Just a common man. And then the elected king. Of that was... America? Yep. Oh, <laughs> shit. How did you get a Yes. Yes, huh. and it's great. That's ex- I'm very excited. Yes, because I I didn't know that we had a monarchy it's again. Colin Farrell. <laughs> oh no, Will. Not, you not, mean Will Farrell? Neither. It's just a man named that. Oh, yeah. but I think it he was a plumber, a very good plumber. How good? Why was the, how, What's a good plumber? He's just he always like really got the clog good. out. He's so good, he became the king of America. Because <laughs> our lives, you know, America pretty much does revolve around unclogging toilets. So now you're covered. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever happens, we're good for June. We are good for June, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep going, too, if you want. But, I mean, this, it's so much better the story than so fun. trying to worry about whether this will happen in three weeks. Oh, my God. What if it really does happen in three weeks? That's so soon. Yeah. My God, I've I've never played a show not drunk, so I'm oh, yeah. and I'm but I have not been drinking for the past eight years, so that's really exciting and also scary. Mm-hmm. But I'm very excited for it. 
a lot of differences. And there, I have so many follow-up questions. First, <laughs> is uh, it a mostly yeah. a king? Yeah, because <laughs> the king is the most the plumber's most important part. I think of that whole tirade. <laughs> Absolutely, and and we, and we know it's Colin Farrell, not not the actor, but the plumber. The right. Okay, perfect. Favorite Just want to make sure we, oh, we know I who to bow down to. <laughs> <laughs> Along those lines, I, I like your flyer. It's awesome when bands, you know, a lot of bands do, but you have a, a flyer for the show. I'm looking at it right now. Now, if it has to be rescheduled, say, in June, is that something that you reuse, or do you feel like, well, we had that posted for months? Do, do we come yeah, up right. with something else now? Like I mean, we didn't print any yet, so that's fine, but yeah. Actually, so Tom Lowell is the artist for the flyer and he's amazing. He did, we did actually, that was one of our, our amazing planning rituals was we went through like, like Lauren's in charge of uh, <laughs> selecting a flyer artist. And so I was like, had a list of like 25 did different you have a people. I, I didn't, wait, did I? You had I some think kind I did. of. I think I just had made like my own did mood I? board. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. we we ended up selecting um, Tom Lowell, who's done a lot of, he did a couple of national acts too, but he did a lot of just local stuff. And his artwork is just so amazing and we loved it. So we asked him and he literally was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And cranked it out in like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he could easily change the date if we need to. I was looking to be like, what day of the week is the 22nd of June? Because June and Jan are- Oh yeah, that's close. right. It's oh, yeah. like a minimal edit. Yeah. I just do like, love that poster. What is it? Um, uh, it's like a Wednesday. Mm, boring. Yeah. About <laughs> July. July. <laughs> That's a Friday. Oh, okay. Let's do it. All right, done. <laughs> I would definitely be able to make it out July 22nd. I don't have as much going on then. Okay, well, but I'm not suggesting me. to put it off for six, seven months. Just for you. Is, we, but... we're, we haven't talked to any of the other band I know. members. No. So They're not I important. Like it's probably As long as Dustin deal. can make it, who else cares? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean... If anything, you and I can just do a like little acoustic set for him. That'd be nice. Oh, that's nice. I don't know how to play an acoustic guitar. No, you can play your regular guitar. Just don't plug it in. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that and I'll play. Good. I'll just play the same thing. <laughs> Other follow-up question I had just reminded me a couple years ago, right? People, if you canceled shows and like, oh, somebody's sick, you're like, oh, you're not in the hospital. Are, are you the singer? Is your voice gone? Like, oh, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. Suck it we up and get on. Get on. What well, you know? What's going on here? And now it's like you're sick everything is expected to yeah. be canceled. Yeah. Right. Or even if you're like not, but you've been exposed. Yeah. And, right. You know what I mean? So it is a really weird shift. And I'm sure that's been a really strange shift for, for all the bands who are active. You know, you're playing an active band. Yeah. And like, we definitely had that. Like we, I think in certain ways we were like more practical and like another way of putting that would be like we were less cool because <laughs> there were definitely we were shows smarter and less cool there were definitely shows where lauren and lorac and i mm -hmm. were like uh no we're not gonna like drive in the blizzard oh and right, everyone yeah. would be yep. like we're playing it you bunch of fucking pussies uh, you're get into an accident on the highway in new jersey play for 14 <laughs> people in a bagel yeah right? exactly. well, it's like a toss up it's that like we were talking about this we're like well it's not only just that like oh things are crazy and there's a pandemic and blah 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 and like people are getting sick we don't want to like endanger people but it's also like we also don't want to play to a you know half empty room if people are not coming out because of the pandemic so right it's like, like it goes normally ways. we don't care about playing to a half empty room right. that's fine <laughs> and you know we played to like four people when we played in Pittsburgh oh yeah and it was awesome yeah but like and free wings 
I, what I don't want is I'm worried about the situation where there's people who really want to come yeah. and they don't feel safe and they, or yeah. they can't. Yeah. And like, I would hate for like, there's people who are like, you know, who have been waiting for us to do this for 10 years. Yeah. And like, I don't, I, I would like it to be a situation where everybody who wants to go can go. Yeah. So hopefully again, that yeah. happens in three weeks. Maybe it won't happen exactly like that. But yeah, it's like, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. Both Tijuana Sweetheart, Razors in the Night, Playing together January 22nd. And where is the venue? Is it on the flyer? I see it. Yeah, it's in Cambridge. Okay. So if anybody is, if you're anywhere in the Northeast, there's no excuse. Everything's close enough. You can drive, right? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And flights are also cheap right now. Exactly. And you can change them or cancel them. So that's easy. Kind of nice. Right. So get there i mean the tickets are only 15 dollars. i mean mm-hmm. it might be uh, also you to say it like that that makes me feel really good <laughs> like, oh, yeah dollars. it really isn't like, that much these days yeah no 15 yeah. bucks is great getting to see two bands that haven't played in a long time i mean realistically and people should feel outfits. like they're getting a steal yeah, yeah the other bands in the lineup are so great yeah. too like we you know we played with nothing but enemies like a lot throughout yeah. the years they're just like classic boston punk band like yeah. if you're not from here and you want to be like what's boston punk like oh like, yeah okay that's a real good example yeah like just the classic stalwarts of the scene and then sky tigers are like everybody up here's favorite band yeah. they're so awesome rochelle who plays guitar in that band is playing on the split with us um she's like filling in because our, again carrie and julia aren't mm-hmm. local and so that band's awesome yeah so. and nothing but any's we actually played with once I know, but maybe twice at Punk Island, uh, the show, there's, and I don't know, I don't I have no idea how many years this went on, but there was uh, like, I think fe- it might still be happening. Really? Because I saw someone with a um, Punk Island shirt, like over the summer oh, in really? New York. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So like Governor's Island in New York would just get taken over by, and I, I have no idea how many people were there, but it was, you know, there was multiple stages set up where it was pretty much just like, you got a tent, set it up, play under it, you know? Yeah. And it was your dirt area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of like a super like low budget Woodstock or like, you know, Lollapalooza type thing. And we we went down a, a bunch of years in a row. We played with Razors. And then one of the years, um, Nothing But Enemies played too, which we have like amazing photos from that, that yeah, show. That I, think, awesome. I think Nikki T.U. took pictures. So yeah, they're they're awesome. They're like our, our good friends from a while. So yeah, it's going to be super fun. That sounds like you lined up great bands to play with. And again, I'm going to circle back to the... Fifteen dollars, that's a steal. I haven't played in so long that I'm like, wow, fifteen. No, what kind of millionaire? I guess some inflation's happened since yeah. 2012. And it's also it's a larger, like you you get, you know, five to ten dollars for smaller venues, but this is, you know, yeah. is on the on the larger side. Um, well, I remember like on tour and we played in like Northampton and I oh, think yeah. we charged like ten dollars and they were like, Oh, yeah. this is in Boston. Yeah, we I were know. like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't think ten dollars was like a lot, but yeah. okay, we're touring. We're yeah, very we're... hungry. Okay, yeah. thank you. We need to get to our next location. <laughs> <laughs> we need Pepto Bismol too. Oh god, yeah. Oh, that if you wait and don't buy tickets ahead of time, it's more than fifteen dollars. Oh yeah, so. it goes to twenty. Yeah. Twenty. So that there's that day of at the door? Yep. Yeah. So you better you could, like buy a small Lego set for that. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. 
So you're going to, yeah, you're going to want to save that five bucks. Doors open at eight. First band goes on at nine. You're scheduled to go on at 11. Pretty exciting. Razors in the night, like you said, are going to follow you, but uh, Sky Tigers come on right before you. Where can people get their tickets? Oh, the URL is like a million characters long. Yeah, I see that. So link for tickets in bio. So just as we were talking, hopefully it doesn't get canceled, but I'm sure people should try to follow you uh, on social media, right? That way they can stay up to date if anything changes. And so where should people follow you to keep up to date? And then also they'll be able to find that bio or the link for the tickets. So on Instagram, it's Tijuana underscore sweetheart. On Facebook, I think it's just Tijuana Sweetheart. And we don't have a website anymore because we used to. And then when we stopped playing, I was like, fuck this. I'm not paying for this anymore. And I <laughs> canceled <laughs> everything. Like... That's really the, the two best places. Yeah. Our uh, Facebook and Instagram. And you can go to the Middle East website. To right, yeah. That's or, like yeah. easier way to, if you want to look for tickets. Midistoppers. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, we don't know. <laughs> We're bad. We should flip our, okay. our links. Yeah, but it is like, yeah, Tijuana underscore Sweetheart on yeah. Instagram is probably like where we are the most active and by active i mean i sometimes mm-hmm. post and then lauren yells at me <laughs> for not posting and not posting <laughs> enough or what or and posting poorly mm. well yeah or cropping carrie's I head out don't i don't know <laughs> how to use social media <laughs> no, it was really it was a weird fluke i think because it, it's the first time it happened i think it was definitely my fault yeah <laughs> it was really funny um yeah also if you literally this is how i actually find the link if i need to send to somebody's like google like ticket web which is the what the ticket you know distribution site plus razors plus tijuana sweetheart (laughs) and just google that that's the first thing that comes up every time like like a charm so and the razors are man those guys are so good yeah i'm so excited to just see them play again i've been listening to some of those records a lot lately and yeah and I've been, I'm lucky enough to be able to be, you know, sitting on the living room couch while they're practicing downstairs and they sound really good. They're really tight. The two new songs they did are so, they're so awesome. They're so awesome. We will not be as tight. No. But we, because. We're, we'll be fun. We're more fun and funny. Ah, <laughs> I think we are. We're smaller. It's true. <laughs> the, the group weight of I'm our trying to think of like a definitive thing yeah we're less hair we have more boobs not a lot mm. more <laughs> medium well, not more we definitely have more vaginas we we do <laughs> that is true and not a ton more no it's true yeah no we'll 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 do our best we'll bring a lot of heart I'm mostly hedging because like, you know, with the girls living across the country it's like we don't we won't have practice mm-hmm. we'll just right. we're just kind of Crossing our fingers and hoping that the muscle memory mostly comes back. But like that'll be fun to witness for people. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you know, or crapshoot. Yeah. Uh, and like to our credit, we did practice over Thanksgiving-ish. Yeah. And we I mean, I think we sounded great. So I'm not in a band, but what kind of practice? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure that when COVID first happened and people were told don't go out of your houses, stay locked down and don't mix with other households and those kind of things that there's at least some bands that were trying to figure out something while trying to adhere to that. So by kind of what we're doing right now, would that, yeah. does that work? Is that something that you tried or does it not work very well? I would well, never do a, like a long distance. Well, like this, like, yeah, like there's a, and credit to them. And I have, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I'm like, fuck no, I would never do that. Like the bands that will actually do, like they'll record something 
in like four different places and be like, oh, here, I threw a drum track down and you put something on that. And then they'd like email it to each other. And then the song in the end is like this beautiful, amazing thing that sounds like they were like in the studio recording it. And I'm like, fuck all of you. That's ridiculous. I would never do that. (laughs) But we actually did, like you and I, we lived like a mile away from each other. And in my basement, we can literally be 10 feet apart and still play. So we've been getting together and like, yeah, you know, working stuff I think out. Pretty. I mean, early on, we were basically the, the like, okay, well, you're going to be in my pandemic circle, right? So yep. we'll just know that we're going to be continually exposed to each other, yeah. Um, because like we didn't want to not be able to play. Yeah, can't imagine like trying to do like a Zoom practice or something. Nope. Like, nope. I love, I love seeing all the stuff like you know, like with the you know, like actors and actresses that put together like you know for TV shows that couldn't be recorded, and they were doing like table reads on zoom that were very entertaining, but this is, you know, like professional comedians. So I'm like, yeah, no. And then yeah. we have, a, we have even like a couple of friends who, who did like the zoom recording things like Josh Pickering and those guys yeah. did, I think the Billy Joel thing over, I can't remember, but they had it like set up. They actually posted a video on their social media that was like composite video of all of them in their individual houses, recording a song. Right. I was thinking about that crafty period of COVID. Yeah, that's, it was like that's early what I'm talking, on yeah. and we were all like, let's make Battlestar Galactica fan videos. <laughs> yeah. like, why? No. Why, did we, no. why, why did we all decide we were just going to be like, oh, let's just get out the old yep. camera phone. And and then six months later, we're like, oh, we're I'm like, okay, I'm happy okay that now. I like managed yeah. to like eat old pizza <laughs> at 10 a.m. Yeah. You know, <laughs> surviving now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I forgot to ask you, Tijuana Sweetheart. So you did change the name to Tijuana Sweetheart. Is there a significance to that name? Not so much. I mean, so we... (laughs) To go from Vagiant to Tijuana Sweetheart. Yeah. Well, so the thing with whenever, I mean, I'm sure anybody who's listening, who's like been part of a creative endeavor, you know, I find it like sometimes I make the joke about like, I believe in a benign dictatorship when it comes to like creative endeavors. So like it was so early, easy in the beginning. Cause I was basically like, I'm starting a band and I want to call it the giant, which was a name I stole from another guy in the Boston music community <laughs> who said as a joke that if he had an all girl band, he would call it the giant. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to actually steal that and mm-hmm. do that. So when everybody joined, we were like, done, name already set. Lorik was like, that's why I wanted to join because that's a very stupid name. (laughs) So then when we had to change it, it was like, now it's a democracy and we all have to agree. And so we had like a zillion names on lists and we all got like into them and yelled about it and stuff. And then I think, I think Julie. We also did the thing too, where we literally (laughs) came together. This is what it was, Julie and Spokey. And we yeah. sat in the practice space and had a lot of alcohol and literally had a hat. And we each claimed, a, like, you were verb, I was noun, someone was adjective. <laughs> and we all just wrote down a whole bunch of words, ripped them up, put them in a hat, and we just started pulling pulling twos out and putting them together. And most of them ended up sounding like they'd be like Nine Inch Nails cover bands <laughs> or like something super <laughs> creepy and industrial, which is cool, but yeah. we're like not what we were going for. And then I, I don't actually remember how those. I think Julie did just come out with, like, yeah. I have this weird idea of the, that Tijuana Sweetheart is an awesome name combination. And I liked it um, I because, first of all, it sounds like a cocktail or yeah. something, but I really thought it sounded like old timey slang for a prostitute. Yeah. It was like, oh, you got yourself a Tijuana Sweetheart, huh? Yeah. Like, just <laughs> like that's I think we all were like, yeah, it sounds yeah. like old timey prostitute slang. Yeah. And that is what happened. And that's pretty much like, it was the, the first one that we were not like yelling at each other yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Lorek and I really wanted to call ourselves Michelada. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that was our favorite. We like really yeah. liked Michelada. Yeah. 
I still think that's a good name. I'll, I'd I'd do a new band with that name, 100%. All right, good to know. <laughs> well, that'll segue into the next question. What's the future of the band? Since two of the band members don't really live in proximity where it's conducive to trying to get anything done, right? So that's more, <laughs> you know, if you try to do Tijuana Sweetheart as it was, that's probably more right. of a one-off here, maybe a one-off there type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I wish that, uh, you know, Carrie and Julie are so awesome and I love playing with them and they're so talented and they're so far away. And I'm always trying to be like, just move back. I know, and it's like, I it's know. really hard to convince someone in Southern California to come move back to, to like New England Boston yeah. area. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm basically every day, like, Lorac, be in a band with me. Yeah. Let's start a new thing. And so I think we're basically waiting to like, know we want to put all our heart and focus into this show and then i'm gonna try to convince her to do something new with me yeah i mean you know it's already done you're more yeah. than halfway there you have half the band members and you already have a name right yeah Mich- michelada yeah it's not bad it's like it's <laughs> oh that's terrible now no that's just it's oh, like my ex who says hawaii oh no horrible no so the thing is with yeah, so the, I was going to mention too that we do have two other members who do live locally who are going to play a couple songs. Yeah, at the show, but I don't think that group either would be interested in continuing it. And I think it's more like just, we want to just yeah. do the reunion and have that be it. I can't speak to Razors or what they're planning on doing, but like we are just like, no, let's do the reunion. That's like the big hurrah. That's what this is all about. And then we just continue on our ways and do whatever other things that we're going to do. Yeah, I'm mostly doing this to try to impress my boyfriend. Well, that's you. Yeah. Well, I don't want, I, I don't, don't want to have to remember how to play these songs right. for another it's, 10 years. It's been really hard to get <laughs> to where we are today. So I feel like I'm just going to take the three or four that we really like yeah. and like put new lyrics on them yeah. a little bit and then they'll be in the new thing. Right. And then win win. Yeah, totally. And then we can just be like, oh, let's write a couple other songs that sound a little bit like these ones. I guess I should probably talk to the girls about that first. But you, you never know. I'll yeah. say, you know, it's like I never thought I would be doing this show and I'm so psyched and like I can't believe I thought I wouldn't do it yeah. now. So who knows, you know? Yeah. If we got if somebody if there was some crazy opportunity, like we're bad at saying no to awesome opportunities. Right. So yeah, I just don't want to put this has been a very DIY effort so far. I'm definitely not prepared to put that amount of work into another thing. Yeah, but if it was just but like, if it was someone's like, hey, just play, yeah, play this giant, open for this giant band and on this date, like I'd be like, okay, cool, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, what if it was like one of your favorite bands? Like who? Steely Dan? Do you think that someone's, do you think Steely Dan's <laughs> going to be like, hey, T.Y. They sweetheart. might. <laughs> Remember when the drummer from Warrant came oh, to our that's show? that's right. That's true. You never know yeah. what kind of amazing <laughs> musical celebrities will turn out. Well, let's hit up Billy Morris. The only show we ever like, had to turn down that I remember was one of my favorite bands. It was Damone. Oh they yeah. Asked us to yep. open for, and they're like one of my favorite bands ever. And it was my dumb sister's wedding. Oh, idiot. It was like, this is like the only time I couldn't do yeah. it. And they were like, Oh, don't worry. Like we'll ask you again. And we were like, sweet. And they did. And then they, <laughs> they broke up. <laughs> and then they reunited. That's right. So God damn it. If maybe they do another yeah. one. <laughs> we have it. Maybe we have a chance. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, with your next band, you can probably do all these things that I've been talking about, but wouldn't it be fun to go to Europe or something like that? Isn't that fun for bands from the U.S.? It's like, hey, let's line up some shows. You get to go see someplace that people go to vacation to and just go play shows, go check out a bunch of fun stuff. Oh, I would love to do that. That's like the one of the things that Razor's got to do that 
And the, I mean, stories and everything were amazing. The photos were amazing. And I, I would definitely, again, if someone else did all the work. Yeah. <laughs> a co-tour, right? Yeah. Your well, band and, I, and, and I, the band that sets yeah, up me, everything yeah. else. Yeah, Razors did it already. They can just do all the work and we'll just like go along. I'm so, I'm super We'll carry all this. the gear. Yes. Yeah. It's not because that wouldn't even be like, I don't need to like make money. It would just be oh, for fun. No. Like, yeah. It's, an, it's a vacation <laughs> where we happen to play shows in between our, you know, yeah, eating. I, I, I would like to, I, I, there, I have so few things like in life that I'm like, I can't, I can't die until this thing happens. But like, going on tour with you is like oh, yeah. one of them like because I that was like the best time of my life oh, yeah. I yeah. I knew it was at the time but like when you look back you're like oh, I just gotta get a little bit more of that and some people yeah. don't like to tour and some people like us are just like I can just do that I could never come back I it was yeah. fine like yeah. I could just do that for months and yeah. be fine I can be dirty I yeah. can be underslept I would also love to be the one that like at my like normal person job at like 50 or whatever I'm like um, I have to put in for some PTO for going on tour. 12 days. Yeah, I'm going on tour with my band. And that already happens yeah. when I like start a new job. People are just like, what? Oh my God, you're in a band. Oh my God, send me all the links. And I was like, hey guys, I don't think you're going to like the band, but whatever. I know. So yeah, I would, I'm down for that for as long as I can, you know, go on a tour. Yeah. Physically, hopefully that'll be for a while. You never know. Right? Ozzy, I think, was just on tour. If he can keep it going, right? Oh, he can do it. We can do it. Jesus. We don't even need to be able to say words anymore. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> that went and saw it, they said when he's singing, it sounds exactly like they remember. And then when in between songs, when he's talking, they can't understand anything. It just sounds like yeah. a bunch of mumbling and such. But when he gets going, it sounds perfect, I guess. Yeah, I, like- it wasn't me personally, but that's how it was described to me. Yeah. It's like, um, who is the guy that, who's the guy that did Ryan Stork? Cowboy, so whatever. Is it some, a movie? No, no. So the song, <laughs> oh. it's like seventies ish. Michael Rams, cowboy. <laughs> I know the song was, too, but I, yeah, whoever I, that guy was, he he ended up he got Alzheimer's, and for the like he actually did a show like while and he was full on like he was like he probably died like within a couple of years afterwards. I oh, can't wow. remember, or maybe he didn't. I don't remember, but he was like super super fucked up with Alzheimer's and would be completely one hundred percent lucid on stage when he was singing a song. Like he remembered every single lyric to every single song. Like could even do the banter between songs, but then he'd like walk off stage and forget his wife. Wow. Crazy. God. Yeah. According to what I just looked up, Glenn Campbell. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's who it was. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we're not that old, but we're like, no, oh, we're doing, we, even if we have Alzheimer's, <laughs> we'll be okay. Like, we, I feel like we got a long time. Yeah. We got plenty of time. Unless, you know, one of our stupid 40-year-old ailments takes us over. Oh, my God. It's just like every time we get together, it's 10 minutes of ailment updates before we can do anything. Yeah, it sucks getting old. It's not good. But, yeah, Europe, I mean, you hit on exactly. It's like, doesn't everybody have that fantasy of, like, you know, there's places in the the U.S. I still want to play. I would, like, I really would like to, like, play Canada, like yeah. you know, play some like. Oh, Montreal is amazing. I want to go to the like, like Nova Scotia. Oh, yeah, and I, 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 I want to. Cool yeah, Vancouver too. And yeah, I don't know. Like, and then you could definitely, if we played in Vancouver, you could definitely come. That's not too far, right? No, I mean, uh, you got like it's a short flight. It's probably yeah. fourteen to sixteen hour drive somewhere in that range. Oh, that's, that's a lot. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was like, that's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for one show. I really want to go on tour now. I know. Right? But the Europe would be awesome. Europe, 
uh, it's kind of like East Coast. It's heavily populated, but a lot of big cities in much closer proximity. So you're not going to spend, you know, if you come out here, you play your show in Denver and you sleep and then you wake up and you're driving for half or so of your day just to get to Salt Lake City. And, yeah. You know, as opposed to maybe some other places, you, you only have to go a couple hours, not seven, eight hours. Yeah, Paris like, is like an hour train from yeah, yeah. like London now. Right. And I you think when, I mean? we, when, like, we, when we did our tour, we literally didn't have anywhere that we had to drive more than four or five hours, like maximum to get to, I believe. Yeah, I like think the like, cities. the like, yeah, going across Pennsylvania was like the longest right. straight shot. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's the only. Yeah, that was the only one state, though. But yeah, and yeah, Europe is all. And then plus, in Europe, you get to go on those cool little things where, because like when they go, when you go through it, like you don't go. Oh, like not like the Rockies, like going to Denver, you have to like you know put your oxygen mask on and like drive up through the the mountains. This is like they go through the mountains and they literally like you get you take your van or whatever and you put it on this little like trolley thing and it takes you through a tunnel that goes through a giant mountain. Wow. Yeah. That's like, and that's this, I did not do this. This is when Razors was on tour. This was like the first, like when I got the call from Troy, when they got to the next two, they go, oh my God, you never believe what you just did. <laughs> yeah, it's that it's so cool. Like every, pretty much their entire experience when they were on tour is what I want to do again. So. I, yeah, I have a kid now, which is like complicates things, but also I'm like, there's gotta be like an exact optimal age. And I feel like he's close to it where if we wanted to tour like in the summer, like we could just be like, you're the merch boy. Oh yeah. You know yep, what I mean? Right? Yep. Just He'd be really like, good. Except that he needs to learn to take extra money when people give it to him. Like when I tried to pay him for the magic show, and he's like, "No, that's too much." Doesn't understand. Like, tips no, yet. but Keep like, it. yeah, no. I mean, there's got to be an age where it would be like fun yeah. for him to be around us because, like, he doesn't yet realize how uncool we are. Right. Like, it's just like it's a narrow window. He's very smart though, so he probably does. He just doesn't want to embarrass you. Yeah, that so. is a good point. He is very <laughs> uninterested in my yeah music. everything you do. Yeah. Um, also, you can just send him to summer camp, and then we go on tour. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like good. No, that's a Bye. thing. He needs this experience. Like that's you know, it's good for him. Yeah, to be away from me. <laughs> that's that's one thing I regret. <laughs> not going. To this is you're making a lot of good. Letting my parents go on tour. I think whatever it's all gonna, it'll all culminate. Right. Plus, I'm doing the thing right now where I'm being like super supportive of like boyfriend touring opportunities. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I'm like whatever you want to do don't worry i got everything under Mm -hmm. control because like one day i'm gonna be like that's it's my turn now yep (laughs) now you watch the kid all summer bye i was born and my dad was playing a show like my dad was literally playing a show when my mom went into labor and they had to like find him because it was 1979 so they couldn't like prank the show <laughs> come to the hospital and he had they had to like find him bring him to the hospital Aww. like give him coffee because he was drunk you know <laughs> that's so adorable <laughs> yeah. oh man that's like the worst it could be so <laughs> i don't even know where to go what what have we not covered i think we've covered you I know. know a little bit about the band about. and the important part the show and the couple tracks that are going to be coming out on the split Temper you know, those expectations, people. Vinyl takes a while now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just Thank know it's coming. The like important thing. I know. And we're very good at tangents. Oh yeah. So I really appreciate that you're like, okay, again with the show information. Yeah. <laughs> show. It's the important part, right? Bands getting back together. <laughs> Bands playing a show. If you live anywhere, the opportunity is now. Anywhere right. near yeah. there. No plan. 
play again. Yeah. So this is your shot. Yes. If you ever, you know, we heard from people back in the day, like we did get a fair amount of emails, like at the time when we broke up, there were people who were like, I never got to see you. I always wanted to, I'm so bummed. So like they should come. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. A person. A singular person. Yeah. Remember that one? I know that one person. <laughs> Lots of people. Although I don't have that email anymore, so I can't check. Oh, that'd be really cool if we actually went back and be like, hey, guess what? I actually did find one today because oh, okay, I was good. trying to figure out how we did song licensing. And I found one that was like, it was like years after our last show. And it was like a guy in France. And he was like, I have read on the internet that you have played your last show. I am so sad. And remember we had that whole Swedish crew. Oh, yeah, yeah. They came. <laughs> they did. But there's a whole crew of guys from Sweden that came to our show. Yeah, they flew out. We, this was when we were still so bad. Mm-hmm. And they flew from Sweden to see us. And they had homemade shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it was so weird. And I was so confused. I mean, I still have the thing where I'm like, I don't understand someone who knows our band or likes us that we aren't friends with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I'll be like, Hey, I saw someone with the T1 sweetheart shirt, but I didn't know them. Yeah. Lower X, like, yeah, they probably, it's probably like a fan of the band. And I'm like, but I didn't know them. Like, who are they? How did this happen? Are they your friend? She's like, it's probably just someone we don't know. And I'm like, but why would they? Yeah. Is your music on Spotify right now? Yeah, that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. I think we're on like, yeah, most of the streaming services were pretty easy to find. Yeah. I, I like the under the gun record. We don't have anything on Bandcamp now though, right? I don't think so. Yeah, because we Bandcamp was only just starting really to get like popular when we were sort of on, on our way out. And I think we have a couple of songs that are up there because they were on compilations that someone else put up. Oh, yeah, that seems likely. And then I think we had stuff through like, I don't even know. I think we literally just made CDs and sold them at shows. Like we just did yeah. in-person merch most of the time. We never even like did like vinyl because it hadn't like had a resurgence. Right. Yet, but know? we did sell, like, we did ship. I mean, you shipped out merch. I used to like, like, oh, albums. like every Yeah, but week. I, yeah, we, I don't even remember where we had it. Where, where was it online? I can't even remember. On our website? Oh, dude, I did. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we had, we I, that's because <laughs> I used to, I actually built websites back then and yeah. I made our website and it was through PayPal. That's what it was. That's right. PayPal. That's how we would ship stuff out. I like completely forgot about this. But it was just albums. So it was just like the CDs. And then we we didn't have stuff like off like for download. Yeah. And I would just write like a little note with all of them. And people would always be like, I can't believe you wrote me a note. And I'm like, we don't, it's not like there's so many like that I can't write you a note. Yeah. (laughs) That's also really funny that like, I mean, what? And like say 2010 when we were like maybe doing the most of that, we were like, oh, digital. I don't know. That's not a thing yet. <laughs> Eleven years. Ago. I feel like I actually remember you being like, maybe we should be on this thing, Bandcamp, and me being like, Band yeah. what now? <laughs> iTunes. Ooh, what now? It's at. We make all our money on iTunes. No, we did. That's what it was. It was yeah, yeah the did. only digital one was iTunes. So yeah. yeah, I know that's so funny. But now, yeah, we're also like, what's like the minimum that we need to do to reestablish ourselves? on the internet and then yeah well we were it was weirdly lucky and in lucky in some ways i guess when because when the the games came out which is the only reason anybody heard of us outside of boston there weren't really streaming services so people had to buy like you know maybe they just buy one song on itunes or whatever but like you know we did it we did well enough with that that we were able to like you know pay for our rehearsal space and go on tour. I'm like, so, which we, I think, you know, there's no way we would now because the streaming services don't like mm. make you any money, even though they're like a great tool for people discovering you, but now we don't need to make money on it. So right. it's like 
fine if you want, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Go, we're, we're just happy that anyone is interested at this point yeah. in our old band. But. What have we not covered? What should, what else should we know about Tijuana Sweetheart? Doesn't seem like there's a whole lot more because maybe new band is coming, but you do have the show coming on the 22nd. So is there anything else that we haven't covered that we should know? No, I just want to, again, shout out to Carrie and Julie. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome that they're going to be flying out for this show. I know they have a lot going on in their lives and we're, they're important members of the band and of the story. So I'm excited to play with them. Yeah, I think just like follow us on Instagram and we'll keep you updated with everything going on with the show. And oh, will we? Lauren, (laughs) (laughs) with everything going on, unless I'm sad. (laughs) And then no one will probably update you. Oh, we did put out a quick little like 30 second teaser video thingy that was it's actually fun because it was footage from, so Troy also did this side project called Boston Basement Brigade, which was, I don't know if you've heard, if you've talked about it at all with him, but I, it, think so. it, I know the track from Razors in the Night, but I don't know if the, right. So he wrote the song about the whole, the, the scene. So it was like 2000, I mean, it started and then, you know, way before this, but with his, you know, when we were involved in the scene in Austin, Massachusetts, which is like part of Boston where we all lived, it was like 2008, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe. Um, and there was a whole bunch of awesome base basement venues and like, you know, loft venues and like artist spaces and stuff like that, that did shows. And he did a whole series of shows there that was, you know, his band would play and then there'd be, you know, like a, a full, you know, like three, three bands on each one. And he curated the whole thing. And there was a couple, he, our friend Grayson video, videotaped, he videoed it actually it. was tape. It was literally yeah. tape, the little DD tapes. <laughs> We did videotape um, all the shows and they're just now getting into like reviewing all the footage and putting together actual episodes that they're going to turn into like kind of a documentary series type thing. So that anyway, so he has a bunch of footage from that, that, you know, when we were talking about the reunion show, Grayson's like, oh, I actually have some footage of the giant from one of the shows and then some footage of Razors of the Night from one of the shows. Like, should we maybe pull together and like, yeah, let's pull together a little teaser video. So it's just like, you know, fun fact. And, you know, it's like little, it's a, it's a cute little thing that you can see us from like, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, there's like shockingly little video footage yeah. of us from that whole time period. Except like, for when we were on tour and oh yeah, a couple of random shows where the audio is so bad. <laughs> Meh. And then <laughs> zip lining into the wall next to us while we're playing in Philadelphia. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we did do two videos though. I mean, there's the, oh, I mean, yeah. no, no, one. One, yeah, yeah one. one. Oh my god, I well, can't remember anything anymore. Um, yeah, the the video for Trash Candy is actually pretty fun. I mean, literally just YouTube the giant. He wants sweetheart. I think we changed it. Yeah, just YouTube yeah, tra- both. You'll find them, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And so you can watch the video, and then that teaser video is that on your Instagram? Yeah. Yep. We put we put it up there. It's also on the on our Facebook, and I think the Razors Boys shared it as well because I have to do Troy's social media for him too because <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't know how to do it. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. Well, he, he, you could, he just d- is defiant about it. He's like, no, fucking Facebook. I fucking hate Facebook. That sounds so unlike Troy. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And just, yeah, check out uh, Nothing But Enemies and Sky Tigers. Yeah, yeah. They're great bands and I'm very excited to play with them. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, Aaron Gray. Um, yeah. Gray Skull Booking is the guy that, that that is you know like the promoter for the show, and he's awesome. He's done if you follow his stuff, he's done a million awesome shows. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's a local dude that does a lot of he does more a lot of metal shows, um, but obviously you know extends into the the punk and hardcore scene too. Uh, he's really good. So he's working with Sonia to you know get everything pulled together. 
Well, we'll punk be. and metal, not too distant, and about to be a million and one, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, yeah, like, now I'm feeling really pumped. I'm like, okay, it's really happening. We're really starting to fan because we yeah. talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. Right? Yes. Once that happens, let me know and come back on the yeah. show and we'll or talk about the new it. band. Yeah. Yes. Or we just record a crappy voice recording and <laughs> we can definitely do demos in my basement. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Oh. And new covers to the the seven inches from twelve years ago. Yep. Yep. That and way. Troy's working. I saw a rough draft today. Oh, it's looking nice. really good. Yeah, it's adorable. Awesome. Yep. So yep. it's we all coming be, together. All yep. coming together. And we will always be. That's like that's pretty much the only places that we will be able to be keeping people updated. Is you know on Facebook and Instagram. So follow Tijuana Sweetheart there, and you guys are going to put on an entertaining show nonetheless. That's that's as the <laughs> advertised, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I get to go. If not, I hope somebody's doing some video of it. Uh, I would For definitely sure. like to be able to check it out. Definitely would not want it to cancel just so I could go. So let's hope that January 22nd <laughs> works out perfectly. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Yes, thank you for fun. taking the time. We'll keep you posted. Excellent. Please do. Thank you again for joining. I think about now we'll get into playing some more music. <laughs>
Tijuana Sweetheart, that track was Sunday off of their latest release coming at us from February of 2012. So coming up on 10 years ago. Wow. That track <laughs> is Sunday. The uh, album was called Under the Gun. I want to thank Low Rec and Hellion again for that interview. Band's awesome. Uh, as you will have heard in the interview, they're just getting together and you know doing this. Got other interests. Two of the band members don't even live in Boston anymore. Mm-hmm. So getting together, playing some shows, or a show rather, and and maybe in the future um, another show or you know some one-offs, those kind of things, as we say festival bands. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview. I really had a great time, and we do have a series of interviews. Oh, yeah. Coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. So next couple of episodes. I gotta say, I like Tijuana Sweetheart. They got a musically, they got a sound that's a mixture of like a Descendants and a Bouncing Souls. While vocally, it reminds me of a Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Cool. That sort of, uh, uh, yeah, that vocal camaraderie and way, and <clears throat> where they both kind of complement each other. Whoever is, uh, whoever is singing, one is doing the little backups and uh, everything like that. It all just, uh, it just sounds so cohesive and so poppy in a way. Right, and uh, great track, that one being called uh, Sunday, and we're going to play one more track off of their first release. That first release is called Trash Candy. Sorry, I was looking at Under the Gun, and like, <laughs> no, we just played something off Under the Gun. So Trash Candy came out about two years prior, November of 2010. We're going to play the track No Mercy on there. And you pointed out that uh, they kind of sounded similar to Bad Cop, Bad Cop, as far as vocals. Well, they did it first because the yes, band, they did. <laughs> uh, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, founded in 2011 after the first album was already put out. Uh, first releases, this band having formed Tijuana yeah. Sweetheart way back in 2005 under the name Vagiant. <laughs> so it stands the reason that maybe Bad Cop, Bad Cop took a page or two from their book. Absolutely. Maybe so. Maybe. (laughs) All right, let's get into that track. No Mercy. Here's one more from Tijuana Sweetheart.
die like Cobra Kai. And and just like that, they did it before Cobra Kai became a show. Right? <laughs> I love all the Karate Kid references in there. Wax on. Yeah. Wax off. That kills me. <laughs> that was awesome. And also, I guess this episode is going to be chock full of a lot of... Uh, t- of a lot of uh, things that are very tight knit. I remember Violet Arrest a couple years ago on their first release, or maybe it was their second, but either way, they did another one where it was like a strike first, strike hard. Yes. Yeah. And this was after Cobra Kai had become a, you know, a fucking pillar in many a people's watch list. Right. And. And yeah, it had the same thing. It was the same idea. Maybe not so many Karate Kid references, but we get where it's coming from. So, yeah. Tijuana Sweetheart, apparently their motif is, we did it first. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) No Mercy, that was the track off of Trash Candy. I hope you enjoyed those. Uh, Real quick, point of interest, the band's music has been featured in Guitar Hero 2, which was the track FTK, in Rock Band, which was the track 7, which was the original that they re-recorded uh, for the split. And then Rock Band 4 featured Pistol Whipped. So cool for them that they were in those. And if you have those games still, you should get out and play those Tijuana Sweetheart tracks. Thanks again to Hellion and Lorek for the interview. Eric, let's wrap up this show. You got a metal track for us? Yeah, I got a metal track. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of going back in time here as to... Uh... What bands I was listening to back in uh, middle school slash high school. This band was definitely more of like uh, me turning from a preteen into a teenager. <laughs> and when you uh, get to that and you start searching out heavy music, the bands at the time are inclusive of, you know, Lamb of God, Slipknot, maybe some Disturbed, maybe some Corn and System of a Down. And today's pick, Mudvayne. If you don't know who Mudvayne is, just uh, they're the Berber Dang Band. That's the song Dig, by the way. Me. Uh, an intelligent person. An analyst. I don't know what the fuck the, the, the meme is. Anyway, yeah, Mudvayne, they're, uh, they were one of those bands writing the new metal trend in the mid to late 90s. Uh, came right out of Illinois in some town called, I don't know, Peoria? Yep. Peoria, weird, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, people were looking at them. They were kind of like, uh, they were also a part of those uh, bands in the 90s that was adopting the the theatrical style. I'm talking, I'm talking, looking at what Kiss was doing and then just kind of a, just kind of a up in the ante a little bit. Going next level. Oh, yeah, going next level. You either went really uh, complete sci-fi B-movie like uh, Guar, or you just went... You either went uh, horror slasher type stuff like... Uh, oh, man, what, what was the band? Like Marilyn Manson was doing. Kind of a, some psycho-paranormal type shit like that. And same thing with uh, Rob Zombie. He was doing more of the uh, weird B-movies horror B-movies, I'll say that. Kind of like what he was doing with his film career then on. And Mudvayne, they didn't exactly have a set style, but they were painting their faces, they were looking really weird, and again, they kind of of abandoned that further down in their uh, career before they took their hiatus in, what was it, 
sometime in the late 2000s. They have since made a comeback, so Mudvayne's appearing on everybody's playlist again, just like a, oh, remember when? I like the face paint. I hope <laughs> they bring back the face paint. I think it added to the aesthetic. It added to the visuals and the music videos, and I'm sure it did for their live shows. Unfortunately, I never got to see a live show, but I do have my Mudvayne shirt, which has, like right after the first album, has the four band members uh, on it with yeah. all their faces painted. Yeah. And of course that's uh that was the that was what everybody recognized. When you have face paint, who cares about the music pretty much? <laughs> I mean that's why KISS is so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh regardless, uh Mudvayne, they were one of those bands that kinda came and they kinda went and didn't really leave that big of a mark, at least in comparison to the likes of Slipknot and Corn and uh Unfortunately, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but yeah, Mudvayne is making a making a comeback, and they do hold a special place in many a in many a Gen Y person's heart, mine included. The album that really uh, got me was their 2007 release, Lost and Found. And yeah, I just really took to. I really took to the drop-down tuning. I loved how aggressive it was. It was more aggressive than Corn. Not as aggressive as Slipknot. No one is. No one's more aggressive than them. <laughs> at least on. At least on the grounds of uh, new metal. But Mudvayne came pretty close. They just sounded a little more raw, a little more rugged, and yeah. Then I did a bit of a dive on their music, and I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. But much like the band, kind of came, kind of went. At least in my eyes. So. Now that everybody was listening to Mudvayne again, I was like, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> I was like, yeah, why not? Let's check out Lost and Found. And yeah, I still really love quite a few of the songs on here. Um, and I was doing a bit of a toss-up as to what song I wanted to choose for this one. It was either IMN or Determined. I chose the latter because, man, this one just feels very much like a... It feels close to being a hardcore song as opposed to being a new metal song. You just kind of hear the same energy coming from both sides. And yeah, this is the opening track. This was the first Mudvayne song I heard. This is Determined.
There's a taste of uh, Mudvayne. It's not the sound uh, to which they are the most known by. They are known to be a little more groove-centered. They are known to have a bit more of that uh, uh, faux hip-hop overlay. Uh, not as much as uh, the likes of Limp Biscuit or even Corn, uh, <laughs> for that matter. But they had their own style. They were a bit of the underdog in the new metal movement. And... Yeah, some people look back on them with fondness. To say they aged well is really uh, just a case-by-case scenario. Just uh, really depends Really depends on who you ask. I mean, if you were to ask me, yeah. I still think there's something of worth in uh, in some of Mudvayne's catalog. There, There's a reason why there is still a fan base. But there are some, there are many. Many bands I was listening to back in the day of this same caliber that did not age well with me and I'm not going to rag on Limp Biscuit, but they are one of them, but probably, probably mostly fucking disturbed. Oh God. That was a, that's, I just had a gradual declination. I felt it. Like I went from obsessing over them to then listening to them. Oh yeah. I remember this band. Listen to three or four songs. Eh, I'm bored. Move on. I'm like, how am I going to listen to 12 more of these tracks? And then eventually I go, wow, they really didn't have anything good. Okay, that's uh, kind of a long shot. There are two songs total. Two songs by Disturbed that I will currently listen to unironically. (laughs) Just two. (laughs) And you look at their whole discography. (laughs) Whatever. It's Disturbed. People love them. You can love what you want, but... I don't. <laughs> Though that's not. I may ple- I may be playing one of those songs <laughs> as my metal pick or whatever. So, oh god, that's just that's gonna be really weird. So yeah, there's your trip down memory lane. I'm speaking to myself on that one. Please take us away from the '90s. Bring us back to the '80s, Dustin. Let's do back to the '80s uh, when we were playing Joy Division. I said, I told you, New Order. The band formed the the remaining the three surviving members of Joy Division went on to form New Order in 1980. Uh, I, as I've been trying to play with a lot of these '80s tracks, I wanted to highlight some bands that I've really enjoyed a lot of their music, but maybe pick a track that I really liked that either didn't chart or wasn't as high, wasn't one of their more familiar tracks. Well, in this case, New Order off of Low Life, which they put out May 13th of 1985. The track Love Vigilantes. That track never charted. That's the track I picked from this band. Let's play it. Let's wrap up the show. Here we go with some New Order.
song winds down i just want to point out as with joy division the band members in new order joy division new order uh very talented musicians i really like the music uh i'm glad you know under the unfortunate circumstances but i'm glad that uh the band members went on and formed new order uh after having been you know in joy division and the ending of that band being as unfortunate and unexpected as it were Yes, indeed, but you know, great art, it, it isn't beholden to one band, it's beholden to the individuals, yep. and you get to see that even without Ian Curtis, he wasn't carrying that whole band, he, right. was, a huge, he was a huge factor of it, granted, but, uh, but yeah, you can just sense that there was a lot of talent to be shared within that entire band, and even when they moved on without him under a different moniker, I mean, you heard it. The results speak for themselves. They are a very good band. Joy Division Part 2, if you will. <laughs> there you go. 
That's New Order. That wraps up the show. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and slcpunkcast.com. You can find all the bands on Instagram at Billy Talent Band, at Remark Punk Rock, at NOXEPDM, at Anti Flag, at Tijuana underscore Sweetheart. The show's at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find my personal Instagram at Scary Uncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. And you can find my band on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. Um, our band camp is anonymousslc.bandcamp.com. Also on Instagram is my other band, Heart of Dark, at Heart of Dark 801 SLC. I have appeared on a few other podcasts. One is a Salt City Circle Pit wrecked podcast and i have my own lead melodies podcast their respective instagrams are at assault city cp at wrecked cast and at lead melodies underscore podcast on facebook for everything that was mentioned my band's facebook is at anonymous slc heart of dark is working on getting a facebook we're just a little lazy um (laughs) (laughs) all the other podcasts are uh, on Facebook are just Circle Pit Radio, Wrecked Podcast, and mine at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. And you can find all of those podcasts on circlepitradio.com. And also on Facebook, you can find the SLC Hardcore page at SLC Hardcore. Again, do some keep up to date on the uh, shows that are coming out and releases that are coming out and also sharing uh, articles that were written about your respective bands of your homeland. That's all I got. Excellent. Well, the other band, the bands can be found on Facebook at Billy Talent, at Remark Punk Rock, at Degeneration XXX, at Anti.Flag.Official, at Tijuana Sweetheart, the shows at SLC Punkcast. I want to thank... Uh, Low Rec and Hellion again for joining us for that awesome interview with Tijuana Sweetheart. Hope you enjoyed it. Be on the lookout on the next few episodes for some more interviews coming up. Uh, and at some point here in the near future, hopefully, uh, we'll have Razors in the Night on the show as well. The other half of that split from Tijuana Sweetheart. Oh, won't that be special? <laughs> yes. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Well, final thoughts. I just need to uh, conclude with a little anecdote I promised of referring to my uh, CD trading uh, hustle that I had going on in middle school. Okay. So yeah, it opted for some. Uh, it opted for some uh, great moments to be my little devious self, and my friend that I was uh, that I was doing this with, I told him I had this band, and I didn't mention the name. That they are the heaviest band, like you have no idea. This is <laughs> like this band will uh, burst your speakers. So tune it a little bit down. So I gave him the unmarked CD. Is like trust me, you will, you will love it. So he takes it home, and he hits play. And what should he hear? But we're all living in a yellow submarine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just gave him a burnt copy of the Beatles' Revolver album. Nice. <laughs> but we, then when I saw him the next day, I go, hey, so what'd you think of that band? Dude, I fucking hate the Beatles. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's uh, those were uh, different times. Yeah, now, nowadays, you just... Uh, Send people links, like, check this band out. But back in the day, you actually kind of had to get creative. Right. And, and yeah, 
through creation comes uh, little fun moments like that. So hopefully you're having little fun moments when you're doing your little link sharing. Yeah, I do that. I do that same thing too. I mean, just uh, the other day, I shared a link to a a song by Eartha Kitt with one of my friends. I'll have to play her on this uh, podcast at one point. Yeah, amazing singer. But I'll save that for next time. <laughs> either, either way, just uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing to have fun with the uh, music. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Play the fucking outro. Uh-huh.